welcome, welcome to ABC Gotham, your New York City amateur history podcast. We are so thrilled to be speaking to you today, that you are listening to us today. We bring you weird, obscure New York City history according to the alphabet, in alphabetical order, basically picking random topics, but starting with the next letter of the alphabet. I am your host, Kathleen. With me is your other host, Kate. Hi. Hello, everybody. And we are already up to letter V. Letter V, nearing the end of the alphabet. And what is our topic today, Kate? Well, um, as Kathleen said, we're up to letter V. And today we're going to be doing Van Cortland Park, mm-hmm. which is a park, I think, not too many people either know about or have been to before. I know I personally didn't really know much about this. And and I haven't really polled my friends. I'm sure Bronx residents know about this. I'm sure it's pretty common knowledge. But uh, Manhattan and Brooklynite, like myself, this one was totally outside of my radar. I, I've been once. Um, my boyfriend used to live in Inwood. And mm. Inwood is very close to the Bronx, as many of you may know. So, uh, I actually walked to the Bronx from his place because it was just across the bridge. And... But you didn't walk to Van Cortlandt Park, But did I you? did not walk to Van Cortlandt Park, Okay, no. Maybe it's, in the future. Because it is at the northern border of the Bronx. It's far exactly. from Exactly. It's the northwest border of the Bronx. And uh, it's actually New York City's fourth largest park, which now I feel like we need to do like the first, second, and third largest park. Central Park, by the way, is not one of the largest parks in New York, in case you were wondering. Neither is Prospect Park. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, the, the number one, two, and three, just for everyone's information, number one is Pelham Bay Park, also completely outside of my radar, also in the Bronx. Number two is Flushing Meadows Park, where we were which and where to. you would be if you went to visit the Queens Museum Panorama, which we strongly recommend. Definitely. And number three is the Staten Island Greenbelt, again, completely outside of my radar. Folks, next time we go through the alphabet, there is going to be a lot more Staten Island, a lot more Bronx, we promise to the residents of Staten Island and the Bronx, no disrespect intended. We do sincerely apologize, and you're going to be getting a lot more attention next time. Yeah, we've, we've definitely had some requests for um, diversifying. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of Brooklyn and mm-hmm. uh, obviously a lot of Manhattan and a bit of Queens, but we need to give, yeah, the other boroughs a little more love next time around. Yeah, definitely, and they can count on us for that. So if you want to go to Van Cortlandt Park, it's pretty amazing. It is... Mm. Kathleen, what can you, on on one particular day, what could you possibly do in the park? Oh, man. Okay. So partly because it's so huge, there is a ton to do. And I don't want to sound like, you know, the, the PR flack for Van Cortlandt Park or the friends of Van Cortlandt Park or the supporters of Van Cortlandt Park. And there are a lot of groups who love this park. Mm-hmm. But it's huge. There's tons that is just wild forest. You can just get lost in the forest and not know that you're in anything close to an urban area. It's great. There's tons of trails, tons of hiking. Uh, like every park in the city, every major park, there's baseball, softball fields, basketball courts, soccer fields, handball courts, tennis courts, pools, playgrounds. They have a nature center, but there's some cool, unusual stuff that you don't have in most city parks. They have a riding stable, uh, the Riverdale Equestrian Center. That's not completely obscure. You know, they've got that in Prospect Park and Central Park and probably, you know, Pelham Bay, Flushing Meadows and Staten Island Greenbelt. Um, But Van Cortlandt Park also has two bocce courts, 13 cricket pitches. Mm -hmm. Apparently a cricket field is called a cricket pitch. Mm. 
learn something new. There's even a Gaelic football field. Wow, I don't even know what that entails. I know, but we could go and see people play Gaelic football.、Mm-hmm. And this is the interesting thing. One, well, one of the really interesting things about Van Cortland Park. Two golf courses. They've got the Van Cortland Golf Course. That's an 18-hole course, and the Moshulu Golf Course is a nine-hole with a driving range. Two public golf courses, and the first one was the first public golf course in the country, and that is highly unusual for an urban area. But the really big thing—I mean, I thought the golf courses and the Gaelic football was enough. The really huge thing. Van Cortland Park is a world-class. Site for cross-country running and track and field events. It has miles of cinder trails and hills. There's a cross-country the the cross-country running course there has a national reputation. There's a 440-yard track at the stadium. There are paths surrounding an area called the parade grounds, which we'll discuss in a minute.、Uh, what those are, runners refer to those areas as the flats. That's、uh, 1.37 miles around, and there's this infamous back hills area.、Hmm. That's a 1.3 mile loop. That's apparently super challenging, and like runners around the world speak of the back hills at Van Cortland Park and the, the challenge. And on top of that, the park is like ground zero of running champions. The Northeast Regional Championships are there. College championships are held. Something called the Manhattan College Invitational. Is there every year, and that is one of the largest high school cross country meets in the nation. Kids are flying in from all over the country to run here, and the USA Cross Country Championships were held there in 2006. If you were a runner at all, if you pay attention to running at all, marathons, 10ks, whatever, this is where you want to go. Van Cortland is is kind of a, a center of that, yeah. And there's a huge, very popular, very active running club out of there. So you know, any runners. God bless you, people. You're tough. Oh man, I've tried that a couple of times. That is not for me. But if you're one of those those tough dudes, those tough broads, Van Cortland is a great place to go for that. I'm gonna have to check it out. I've been running a lot lately, so I think it it, it must be so much easier. <laughs> running on asphalt or concrete is just really hard. So I, as soon as it warms up, <laughs> I can't run when it's freezing. When it's but as soon as it warms up, I'll have to head out there. You know, I'd be interested to know. I think running on cinder is even more challenging, though, because it's a soft surface. You're you're kind of digging yourself out with every step, right?、Uh, you can hurt your knees really badly、um, if you run on concrete. So,、um, mm-hmm. really quick as a side note, I only thought there was one golf course. I thought that the nine hole they tore down in order to build the eighteen hole golf course. No, I mean I looked at the map of the、okay. of the park a couple of times, and yeah, the、well. the main one is sort of in the middle, sort of a big vertical stripe of green. But then Moshulu is a little bit off to the、oh, east,、okay. a little bit off to the lower right.、Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Kate, why don't you tell us how Van Cortland Park happened? How did how did this amazing park? Where did it come from? Well, maybe next time around we should talk about the Van Cortland family itself.、Um, just a bit about、okay. them.、Uh, they. Obviously, own this land. They had、uh, it was a large working farm. It's named for Stephanus Van Cortland, who was actually the first native-born mayor of New York, and、wow. it was a really big,、uh, prominent family in the area.、Mm-hmm. They, I mean, obviously, this wasn't the Bronx at the time. It was some really、mm-hmm. faraway place. If you imagine all of New York being Lower Manhattan, this is、mm-hmm. days worth of of getting there. And、yeah, yeah. 
So uh, it's purchased by Jacobus Van Cortland in 1691. Mm-hmm. Who it just kind of gets passed from son to son. His son Frederick Van Cortland uh, is starts a really vast grain plantation there. So in 1748, he starts to build the Van Cortland House, which is totally worth going to visit. It's now a museum and is a, a national historic landmark. Uh, so it's mm. it's pretty amazing. It always makes me think of I grew up near Williamsburg, Virginia, and it mm. definitely reminds me of all the colonial houses there. That's so funny. Yeah, and you can tour it. There is a self-guided tour of the Van Cortland Mansion. So if you're like me, you don't have to talk to any strangers to do the tour. You can just walk yourself through it. Um, Exactly. He never sees the house complete, but he gives it to his son, James Van Cortland. Now, I wish I could tell you Mm. there was some great mystery that happened in the land, but it's really just land that gets passed from father to son for generations. Mm. It's pretty exciting. You know, Kate, not everything in history can, can have like a twist or a mystery or a ghost or an unresolved question. Sometimes it's just land and fields and buildings handed down peacefully, family to family, generation to generation. Now, I will tell you, there are two cemeteries on the property, which I'll get to a bit later. So there is a bit of a creep factor. I couldn't leave that out. Um, the I did want to point out one thing about but Frederick Van Cortland. It, as you said, uh, there's cemeteries. He established the family burial plot on Vault Hill. Mm-hmm. This is where... Uh, where at the onset of the American Revolution, city clerk Augustus Van Cortland hid the city records from the British Army. Yeah, kind of creepy. They're like, you know, those British soldiers, they're not going to go in a crypt. Mm-mm. Um, Even for all the paperwork of the city. So, uh, as you know, as Kathleen was just saying, it was used, it was used by both sides during the Revolutionary War. Um, Rochambeau... Lafayette and Washington all slept there. You know, you can have the plaque. I think Washington slept there twice, maybe. Washington slept there. Um, wow, really? Yeah, Washington slept there. I actually there. didn't know that. Yeah, twice. I'm not faking this. Wow. Okay, cool. And, uh, yeah, you know, the British would take over, you know, the Washington would come back in, they'd take it back. It kind of went back and forth for a while. So, it, by 1888, the family sells the property and the house to the city, and it's mm-hmm. made a public mm-hmm. parkland. Now, the one thing they did is that the cemetery is still held in perpetuity to the Van Cortland family, which I guess still exists, hmm. Um, hmm. just so it can never be. They want to keep the bodies there. Now, the <clears throat> Van Cortland family now are buried in Woodside Cemetery and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. after 1888. Um, Although I have heard, this is kind of sad, there's a trail you can walk, and you can see the family cemetery, but I've heard there's not much there, because there's been a lot of vandalism. There was. We're going to get to a bit of, That's in really the 60s, sad. there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, vandalism, and headstones were stolen or broken, mm. so there's not much, but you can see the, the bodies are still there. They moved the headstones, but they didn't move the bodies. But you can't see the bodies, right? You can't see It's just see like, the here's bodies, where the bodies no. probably are, right? No. But um, okay. you can see there's huh. um, a brick... Uh, fence, fence, uh, mm. around where the bodies are. So, oh, okay. you can, you can see, we'll put a picture of it up. On our Facebook page. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. after, uh, it's turned over to the city, the, these large grain fields that had just flourished for years are turned into the parade grounds, which we were discussing earlier. Mm-hmm. They're made into these sprawling mm-hmm. lawns. Um, so this is kind of like the Great Lawn at Central Park or, 
the Great Lawn at Prospect Park or, you know, mm-hmm. just that huge open green space that just goes on forever. That at Van Cortland Park is called the Parade Grounds. Very huge, big, open, grassy space. Right. And I'll get into there's some really amazing hiking trails and things to see just on the edge of the Parade Grounds. Mm. So mm-hmm. a little teaser mm-hmm. to keep you listening. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, my The favorite little tidbit that I found out about Van Cortland Park was in 1907, the Bronx Zoo had too many bison. And mm-hmm. what do you do when you have too many bison? You transfer them to Van Cortland Park and just kind of let them go. Obviously. Uh, eventually, they're shipped out to Oklahoma. But I just love this idea of bison like, in a How park. How surreal is that? City. That's even weirder than sheep on the sheep meadow. That's so freaking weird, and I love it. I Yeah. Bison. They're just so mm. big. They're uh, so huge. Who cleaned up after them? Sorry, I had to go there. I don't think anyone did. I do know that the parade ground uh, was used by the National Guard. They used it for training exercises, marching and, and everything. And... uh and there was even an exhibition at the New York Historical Society about the waves, the Navy for women. Right. And uh, and these spectacular video clips are playing there. I highly recommend you go to the Historical Society and watch it, of the women marching in their in their dress whites. Yeah. So um, our f- our favorite New York City villain, Robert Moses, comes into the picture in the mm-hmm. 1930s. And like he, he does. As he always does. And you know he loves mm-hmm. his freeways and highways that cut through parks. You know, he used to love parks. He did. Whatever. Parks commissioner. <laughs> That's our parks commissioner. He, so how did he chop up Van Cortland? Well, he does construction of the Henry Hudson Parkway and the Moshulu Parkway to bisect the park and meet at a cloverleaf exchange half a mile north of the center. And mm-hmm. the actually to build this, this is a little sad. Um, he drains the last remaining freshwater marsh in New York State. And it's in the whole freaking the whole state, state? At, at the time. I mean, there may be some now, maybe they've been able to bring some of these back. But at the time, he drained the very last one and had it landscaped to accommodate the construction. So. Oh my god. Way to go. See, that's the, Moses. Here's the thing about this city. You know, we've got those huge rocks in Central Park and, 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 and in Woodhill Park and everywhere. None of this is virgin land. This has all been dug up and brought back and nothing is untouched. Nothing is exactly the way it was when the Lenape Indians were hanging around, except for a small chunk in the Bronx Botanic Gardens, another place I highly recommend everyone visiting. And, and that's, <clears throat> what do we need freshwater marshes for? You know, that's the, whatever. But just the thought that the city is so huge, so much, you know, square footage, and everything has been dug up, ripped up, and replaced by buildings or essentially artificial greenery. It's just, it's just kind of horrifying. But yeah. thank God, even though Robert Moses had his way with the Henry Hudson Parkway and Moshe Loop Parkway, Still, the park remains and thrives and, despite and, that. Yeah, that, and you know, bits more of it have been uh, paved through as well, which we'll get to when we talk about mm-hmm. the golf course. But uh, yeah, I, I just get so sad. I'm like, go around. It's fine. Just go around. I don't mm-hmm, mind mm-hmm. the like five minutes. You also don't drive every yeah. day. But 
Uh, one more last uh, bit of information about the Van Cortlandt house. If anybody is mm-hmm. a fan of Boardwalk Empire, they actually used the Van Cortlandt house uh, in a two-part episode. It's supposed to be some house in Belfast. And Belfast in in Ireland? Yeah, it is. It's there's an episode That's called hilarious. Battle of the Century, and they use oh. Van Cortlandt house. So you can always check it out there first, and then go check out the house, or maybe you've already seen it. Uh, it would be interesting to me if there were very distinctive Dutch markings or indications in the architecture of the house, mm-hmm. and that people on on TVMistakes.com were like, "That couldn't possibly be in Belfast because yeah. it's clearly a Dutch influenced blah blah blah." I think they just needed a large house with a lot of land around it to make it look mm-hmm. like Belfast. I'm not sure. A book just fell, so I hope it didn't. You didn't hear that. Um, so by the 1970s, most of the park falls into disrepair. This is when we're talking about the headstones being moved, graffiti. Right, like everything know. else in the city. Exactly. Everything was falling apart in the 70s. Yeah, there was the, a bunch of fiscal crises, the municipal government, and so it was a bad time to be a park yeah. in New York City in the 70s. It's kind of bad to just, I think, be in the city. Yeah, so, you know, by the 80s, though, everything's getting back on track. New signs, new pathways. Uh, security in the park to where it's back to where it mm-hmm, is today. It's mm-hmm. not in pristine condition, but it's in, they really saved most of the park. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They formed the Friends of Van Cortlandt Park in 1992. They've, they do trail maintenance. If you ever feel like taking a day and just doing some good, hard physical work for the good of the city, they are, they take volunteers and they advocate for community needs. They coordinate volunteer activities. It sounds like Friends of Van Cortland Park is a really cool active group that, uh, you know, if you're in the Bronx and you want to join a group, or it might be one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into the golf course. I was amazed that there's a public golf course in New York City that seems like a full. Isn't that funny? As Kathleen said, like a full golf course with even like the clubhouse at the end to go to. Yeah. Yeah. That's not how golf works. It's so counter to the image that golf has either carefully cultivated or that I've somehow gotten of it. But yeah, a public golf course. Amazing. Uh, it's the nation's, it's actually the nation's first public golf course. It opens in 1895 Mm. and it's nicknamed the Meadows. And it actually Mm. started because you have some local businessmen, uh, who petitioned the city to build a golf course. Uh, they actually were looking for private land to buy to build a golf course, but they couldn't find something big enough. So they just go to the city Mm. and they're like, Hey, you know, I have this park a little out of the way. Can we, mm-hmm. um, you know, just start using it? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they win. Um, Amazing. You know how much how much space a golf course takes up? It's incredible that we could have not one, but two in New York City. It's really amazing. It's pretty amazing. It's the first golf course built there is only eight holes. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's pretty, it doesn't really make too much sense. The first... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's nine hole course. I'm sorry. And actually, it only costs six hundred and twenty four dollars to construct. And what? In really? What year was this? Yeah, eighteen ninety five. Which is a lot of money at the time. But now you're like, really, six hundred mm-hmm. bucks? <laughs> so the first eight holes um, were less than two hundred yards each. But then the last one is seven hundred yards, crossing two stone walls. Two small brooks. What? Yeah, it's the longest, most challenging hole 
in the U.S. Yeah, I don't golf, and even I know that's kind of ridiculous. Wow. I, I know. And they're like, okay, we'll give these little ones, and then this massive, <laughs> uh, massive one at the end. There are no set rules, and quickly the golf course becomes completely overcrowded within the first year. I bet. And local newspapers get in on it. They start uh, complaining, writing articles about poor playing conditions, uh, unmanageable mm-hmm. crowds, uh, and this is my favorite. <laughs> Too many people. Too many people. My favorite one mm-hmm. is general lack of golf etiquette. General lack of golf etiquette. Oh, no. I just imagine people with clubs, like, hitting the, you know, the golf balls like baseballs, you know? I'm like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They're playing cricket. Yes. They didn't know it was a golf course. So this city hot brings somebody in, uh, Scottish golf architect Thomas Bendelow, to oversee the expansion from a 55... Golf architect. That's a cool job. Yeah, I didn't even know that existed either. Right? I guess it's a subdivision of landscape architecture. I guess so, but he just does golf. Nothing else. Mm -hmm, Don't mm -hmm. ask him to do your house. No. <laughs> um, he expands the course from a 55-acre, nine-hole course to 120 mm-hmm. acres and an 18-hole course. Mm. By 1920, there are 5,000 golfers a week, and it just be- stays popular even through the Depression and World War II. Oh. But um, in the 1940s and 50s, this course had to make way, I was telling you there's another freeway that cuts through, the Major Deegan mm-hmm. Expressway and... Uh, the Moshulu, I'm totally mispronouncing that. Moshulu? No, you're not. Moshulu? Uh, Moshulu. Parkway extension. So, again, you have the park a little more cut up. The fairways mm-hmm. are rearranged. Uh, a couple hillside holes are gone, which, you know, whatever. Uh, four mm-hmm. new holes are added west of a rail line that used to cut through the park, Putnam Railroad Line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everything cuts through this park. They're like a rail line? Sure. Why not? Major Deegan? All right. Yeah, whatever. This is nothing but space here. So, yeah, bring it through. I think while they were doing this, I think the golf course kind of fell out of favor for a few years. And Mm. I love this. In the winter of 1961, for a couple years after that, there are uh, three public ski slopes on the back hills of the course in the winter. What? And that seems... I know, they're suddenly skiing in New York City. But it only lasts (laughs) a couple years. Do we really get enough snow every year to, who knows, maybe more at the time? I guess there's like one or two days. I don't know. Or, you know, if there was like the blizzard or something like that, that makes sense. How weird. Strange, right? Wow, all these these white-collar sports are taking over the city. I guess so. Uh, New York City, now New York City is not in charge of the golf course. It actually leases it out to someone else, so... Mm, okay. Don't go to New York City. But it's still public, right? The, uh, it's still public. It's still very public. Um, okay. Yeah. A little, another little bit of information to go back in time a bit. In 1896, the year after it opened, the country's first public golf tournament happened there. There's a lot of firsts. This is a big deal. This golf course. Yeah. Yeah. It really is for anyone who's into golf history, and I'm sure there's plenty of them. I hope Seriously. my dad is listening to this. He loves golf. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hi, Kate's dad. So, there's a golf house um, that I was telling you about. Oh, like the clubhouse? The clubhouse. Uh, in Built hmm. in 1902. Some famous people who stopped through would be Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Jackie hmm? Robinson, and Joe Lewis. 
And don't forget,、oh. this is the Three Stooges' preferred golf course. Really,、mm-hmm. endorsed by the three Stooges, all three of them. All three of them. Favorite golf course. Oh my goodness! And wow. Just in case you go and you actually go into the locker rooms, you might、mm-hmm. recognize them from the movie Wall Street. What? There's like a scene. Yeah, yeah. Because they have these original from 1902. All the lockers、mm-hmm. are、uh, wooden. They've、mm. managed to keep them through the years, so they used、That's、it in Wall、so、Street,、funny. the first one, not the one with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, thank you. And right, right. Wow, the movie Wall Street. To to be clear for anyone who's listening. Yes, yes. That is astonishing. Wow, how weird. Wow. So if you're into golf history, this is the place to go. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The park has so many things. They've got the Bronx's oldest building. They've got a National Historic Landmark Trail, which is the Old Croton Aqueduct Trail、mm-hmm. that travels the route of the city's original water tunnel. And it also has the borough's largest freshwater lake. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to do that trail. It's、uh, it's twenty six miles long. It ends or starts、mm. depending on how you look at it in Van、sure. Cortland Park, and then you just go north, and you can actually see remnants of the Croton Aqueduct going up. That's so cool. We gotta we gotta do Croton Aqueduct. Somehow, somewhere in the next go through, I think I like that. I think so too. It's very important.、Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. this lake we're talking about is、uh, a man-made lake, but it's so old that I don't think of it as a man-made lake because it was actually a brook that was dammed in the 1690s. Which、mm. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know how you do that in the 1690s. I mean, beavers have been doing it forever. They figure it out. I guess so.、Uh, it was dammed in order to pr- to power a、uh, grist mill, which grinds grains into flour, corn, whatever you have.、Um, mm-hmm. You know, like we, like I was saying, during the Revolutionary War, the property was, you know, American. It was British. Both people、mm-hmm. run the lake. It's whoever's in charge runs the mill at the time.、Mm-hmm. Controls the mm-hmm, mill. Mm-hmm.、Uh, And, uh, and they had all farm- those huge fields of grain, yeah. Yeah, other in the eight, early 1800s,、uh, a couple other mills were built. They, a bunch of farmers, they all shared these mills. They don't exist anymore.、Uh, mm-hmm. Some some、mm-hmm. interesting thing you, things you can see around the lake is there's a, a double width railroad bridge, which was part、hmm. of that Putnam Division. Uh, rail line that I was saying that went through the park,、uh, part of the New mm-hmm, York Central mm-hmm. Railroad, and it ran passengers from 1881 to 1958. You can actually still、Ooh. see the remnants of the tracks. And they got rid of that line, or, or the they did. It just went because it went through the eventually because it becomes a park. They have to go really slow through the、mm, passenger rails. Went a different way. This became a freight, but then the freight trains had to go slow so slowly through here. the The last、mm-hmm. train that went through was in like 1981, and and it doesn't just, just wasn't worth transporting that way.、Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't because there's there were better ways to get around it. That makes sense. There's actually still the remnants of the station at the south end of the lake. You can、hmm. see not only can you find some of the old tracks, and you'll see this bridge, which is really beautiful, but you can actually、hmm. still see some of the station as well.、Oh. Um, another thing around the lake is the John Kieran Nature Trail. Uh, it's one point two five miles long. I actually can't wait to go do this this summer. Because of all the、mm-hmm, cool、mm-hmm. stuff on the trail,、um, 
it's right where it combines with the Putnam Trail at the railroad bridge, I believe. There are 13 mm-hmm. pillars, which we should put these, maybe this picture on the web, on the website or on Facebook. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. there are 13 pillars standing off in the woods and they're just kind of out of the way. They look maybe a remnant of a building or something, but it's not. Mm-hmm. The New York Central Railroad put these different, each pillar is a different kind of stone. And they put it up to see what would be the most durable to use on the facade of Grand Central Station. Are you serious? They're yeah. like just testing it in the in the weather to in see the weather, how yeah. these. Wow, that's hilarious! And then they left them there. That's great. Incidentally, they chose the cheapest to transport, which is Indiana limestone, two pillars from the right. Well. In all fairness, Indiana limestone is quite extraordinary limestone, and a lot of the buildings in New York are made with it. Yeah, but I love it's maybe the, because the least it's cheap to transport. To transport yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, they I, do have plenty of it there. I did promise you a second cemetery, so not only do we have Vault yeah. Hill, but off mm-hmm. in the woods, which this part sounds kind of creepy, there's a cemetery mm-hmm. from the 1700s. There was a local village called Kingsbridge right there. And hmm. um, the families from that village are buried there. Uh, the grave markers what? are actually gone. This is another, I think, where they moved the headstones, but they didn't move the bodies. <laughs> we keep um, saying that in this. <laughs> I love poltergeist. I know you do. <laughs> um, and it's a funny thing to say. Uh, the grave markers are gone. There's a stand of trees that grow there. Uh, you can actually mm-hmm. recognize the area you can actually find the cemetery because there's an iron pipe fence around the area so if you're walking through the woods and you see an iron pipe fence Mm -hmm. that's the old cemetery and you can see a picture of that on our facebook page yes there's there are a couple little factoids my favorite thing about van Cortlandt park is in the warriors if you remember the meeting called by cyrus and he was the leader of the gramercy riffs as i'm sure you'll remember that meeting of all the gangs in the city takes place in Van Cortlandt Park. In the movie, it was not actually filmed there. It was filmed in Riverside Park. But the storyline has it taking place in Van Cortlandt Park, which starts the journey of the unfortunate warriors all the way back to Coney Island. I won't put in any spoilers or anything, but I recommend that movie if you haven't seen it yet and if you like ridiculous 1970s fashion. I've actually never seen that. You haven't seen The Warriors? No, I Kate. haven't. I'm disappointed in myself. I thought I made it clear that that was a very, very basic, mandatory requirement for someone doing a New York History podcast. Um, did you lie on your resume? I might have fudged it a bit. Okay, you're going to need to see that as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, one of the links below on the page here, if you scroll down, <coughs> you can see... They've made a recording of different people's personal histories, their memories of the park. So a lot of people's have, people have very personal connections to the park at different times in their lives, and they're making an oral history about that. So click on the link, listen to what a couple of people tell you, their stories of experiencing the park, and visit. Go to the park. Ice skate or jog or yeah, just sit on the grass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go out there. When the weather warms up, of course, it is... February when we are recording this and probably March when you're listening to it but as soon as it starts to get warm and uh, if you're in the area or don't mind taking a trip it sounds like a really fun place to try. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of ABC Gotham. Thank you very much Kate. 
Yeah, thank you, Kathleen. And thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time for the uh, the letter W. Yes, stay tuned for episode W. We will talk to you then. Okay, bye. Bye, everyone. Opens up her arms when the crimson skyline bruises black and lights up For more ABC Gotham, go to our website, abcgotham.podbean.com. Special thanks to Podcasting's Brock. Music for ABC Gotham is by Big Rude Jake. ABC Gotham is a K2 production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. A favorite song, I wish you could be here with me on this night in New York City. I wish you could be here with me on this night in New York City.